Welcome to the Why They Are So Angry podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Francois, a proud baby boomer with over 30 years experience as an educator and learning leader. And I'm Courtney Square, your resident first generation millennial. Join us as we present an unvarnished look at systemic racism in America throughout history and up to modern times. We invite you to pull up a chair, put in your earbuds, and allow us to enlighten, educate, and explore the real reasons why Black African Americans are so angry. Because until you know the whole history, it isn't American history at all. Well, Courtney, it's hard to believe, but we're wrapping up season three of the Why Are They So Angry podcast. Time does fly, but it seems like we never run out of topics to discuss and history to share with our listeners, and we both learned so much this year. We have. We definitely have. We, you know, we've looked at systemic racism from a lot of perspectives, everything from school choice to even honoring the Black Rosie the Riveters. And we've just scratched the surface since every day you and I discover ways in which systemic racism has impacted Black uh, Americans in the past and in the present. Yep. Courtney, this has been a busy season and the possibilities for more stories just keep on coming. It seems like systemic racism is much like the Hydra from Greek mythology. We cover one tentacle of systemic racism only to uncover 10 more in its place that we didn't even know were there. And yes, while we do delve into some of the darkest aspects of American's history, of America's history with systemic racism, this season we were determined to make sure we covered stories of triumph as well as those of terror. You are right, Courtney. And if it's one thing we've learned since starting this podcast, it's that history is not static. It's being created every day. So let's return to a few episodes to update our listeners on what your grandmother and my mother would call new news. So I'm going to start with one of my favorite episodes that we did this season. Uh, It was called Banking While Black. In that episode, we trace the rise of one 19th century Black-owned bank and the empires that they created and how those Black empires were, unfortunately, thwarted through systemic racism. Now, most people would agree everyone deserves a safe and supportive place to keep, to use, and to grow their money. And Unfortunately, though, there's a very, very big imbalance of wealth in the U.S., and Black-owned banks play an important role in balancing those scales a bit. And although there has been a history of racism in banking, the good news is the best Black-owned banks have become a source of hope in the Black community. Now, in April 2022, The Ascent Magazine, which is part of the Motley Fool Financial Media Group, listed what they considered the best Black-owned banks. The list is based not only on the assets the banks hold, but on the way they reinvest in the communities that they serve. Now, here's a rundown. One United Bank, they reinvest $69 of every $100 deposited back into the Black community. That's 81% 81% more than the industry average. 
Carver Federal Savings Bank. They invest $73 of every $100 back into the community. That's 92% higher than the industry average. And let's take a look at Liberty Bank. They reinvest $53 of every $100 back into the community, and that's 39% more than the industry average. And then we've got Industrial Bank also investing about $58 in the community for every $100 deposited. That's, again, 51% above the industry average. And then GN Bank, they put about $64 of every $100 back into their community. That's a full 68% more than the industry average. And then one more top big bank that uh, Ascent talked about, and that's Citizen Savings Bank and Trust. They invest $72 of every $100 back into the community, and that's 88% more than the industry average. Those are interesting statistics, Ann Carol, and it goes back to how those banks were started with the community funding through the bank and the bank giving back to the community. But Ann Carol, on a personal level, why are Black banks needed? Well, Courtney, thanks for bringing me back down to the real world. Here's the deal. First, White-owned banks often were not located in Black communities, and if they were, they rarely did put the profits that they earned back into those neighborhoods. So the fact that these Black-owned banks have a good track record of reinvesting in Black communities, that is great news. Also, for years, Black people have been barred from opening bank accounts just because they had a negative experience in the past that shows up on that checks systems. Um, it could be anything from overdrafts to suspected fraud or identity theft. And this has prevented a lot of Black people from banking with a traditional bank or credit union. Now, because of that, there have been some costly disadvantages of being barred from banking services. For example, you might end up wasting a whole lot of money at check cashing stores, or you might have to use prepaid cards with expensive fees. And you might have to borrow money from payday lenders with predatory interest rates frequently exceeding 400%. So this is why Black-owned banks, for some Black people, are absolutely necessary. Some of the folks want to know that those who run the bank understand what it's like to live in Black America and have maybe trouble getting credit cards or uh, trouble just building enough in their savings account. They want to walk into a branch bank and know they are welcome there and have access to second chance backing and overdraft uh, protection. Well, I'm glad that you provided us that list of Black-owned banks that are doing a good, not just good, a great job investing in their communities and providing needed banking services where historically none existed. But speaking of helping communities, one of the episodes we did, our Halloween episode, Can We Rest in Peace?, also went into the heart of a need in Black communities. Now, in that episode, we told of how African-American cemeteries and communities have been desecrated, destroyed, and disrespected through the grave robbing, through grave robbing and gentrification. Now, in February of 2022, three members of Congress, Alma Adams, A. Donald McEachin, and Brian Fitzpatrick introduced the bipartisan African-American Burial Grounds Preservation Act. 
Now, the act would establish a program that a National Park Service would provide grant opportunities and technical assistance to local partners to research, identify, survey, and preserve these historic sites. Now, at a news conference, Congresswoman Adams said graveyards and burial grounds and cemeteries not only honor our ancestors, they're also an important resource for historians and genealogists who want to tell our history. However, the burial sites of African Americans are often forgotten or ignored. Now, this dishonors the memories of those who came before us and obscures our nation's history. Scores of local, state, and national organizations supporting the legislation include the Coalition for American Heritage, United Negro College Fund, the Sierra Club, National Parks Conservation Association, Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society, the Archaeological Institute of America, our hope is that this act will eventually move through Congress and receive approval since preserving these sites and sacred grounds is tantamount to not only saving Black history, but American history as a whole. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that legislation and see how it moves through Congress, and we can only hope that it passes. Now, Courtney, I minored in journalism in college, so our episode called Extra Extra Read All About It was another favorite for me. Now, in that episode, we told how Black-owned newspapers have been community bedrocks for sharing news, issues, and concerns way back since 1827. And we also told about Ida B. Wells, the courageous female journalist who was terrorized and threatened with death for protesting three brutal lynchings in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, there's a scholar named Todd Vogel who wrote in his introduction to the book, The Black Press, New Literary and Historical Essays. The Black Press gives us the chance to see writers forming and reforming ideologies, creating and recreating a public sphere and staging and restaging race itself. So that book really does uh, way more than we did in highlighting the importance of the uh, Black press. So that's a new thing that's happened. But something else, uh, the good news is, and it is a pun intended, there is now a brand new resource along with that book I just cited called Reveal Digital Black American Press. And in this resource, we can see the historical progression of the Black uh, press in that collection. It includes several exemplary publications such as The Bad Times, Black Americans for Democracy News, Black uh, Dialogue, Freedom Ways, Grassroots Struggle, Muhammad Speaks, and Times, Black Americans for Democracy. These are all Black uh, press um, uh, groups that may have been forgotten if they weren't being kept and being uh, archived in this revealed digital Black American press. Collectively, they represent the power and influence of the Black press upon the American conscience. So if you're interested in getting history through the eyes of the press, this new resource is the resource for you. 
Oh, wow. That is a lot of information that people can dig through. Now, even though we didn't touch much on this story in season three, a major news story um, broke in 2022 related to our episode from season one, Black Beach Bonanza, a part of our uh, land theft series. So this was our Stolen Paradise Beach episode. Now, in that episode, we told how beach property around America was literally stolen from Black landowners. And that uh, episode story featured how Bruce's Beach had become a safe coastal vacation haven for African-Americans on the West Coast and beyond um, owned that was owned by Willa and Charles Bruce. That couple had their property stolen from them from the very city that they lived in and their family had been fighting to get it back ever since. But we are happy to announce the good news. It's a Official, Bruce's Beach is once again owned by the Bruce family. Earlier this year, dozens of people gathered on the oceanfront property known as Bruce's Beach to mark the first time the government ever returned land that had been wrongfully taken from a Black family. Now, Los Angeles County will now rent the property from the Bruce's for $413,000 a year and maintain a lifeguard facility there, according to a detailed plan released last month. Now, the lease agreement also includes the right for the county to purchase the land at a later date for $20 million, plus any associated transaction costs. Well, that is a landmark decision, Courtney, actually getting money, reparations, to tell the truth, for land that was stolen. Boy, oh boy. And what an uphill battle it has been. Well, those are some updates on some of our favorite episodes. But when we come back, since it's that time of year to give and receive, we'll talk about some gift ideas, including some must-read books. And don't forget, Aunt Carol, we are going to announce the nefarious, the, I wouldn't say illustrious, but the <laughs> winner of the Rutherford B. Hayes Award. Ooh, I can't wait to find out who or what will get that award. Want to learn more about systemic racism? Or maybe you want to leave us a comment, rate our show, subscribe, get lots of swag, or reach out to us on social media. Well, you can. Go to our website, www.podpage.com, Why Are They So Angry?, and connect with Courtney and me. You can even sign up to take our course, Systemic Racism, See It, Say It, Confront It. All that waiting for you at www.podpage.com, Why Are They So Angry? See you there. All righty, Courtney, we're back. Now that we've riffed on some of our favorite episodes and brought new news, it's time to talk about gifts since a lot of us are rushing around buying for the upcoming holidays. So I don't have a lot to put on my list, but um, I have a few. And of course, it includes some books. But one of my favorites I want to talk about is a company called Puzzles of Color. And you know, Courtney, our family enjoys doing a jigsaw puzzle. We love to get together and put together puzzles and, you know, see how quickly we can do it and uh, see who's going to be the one to put that last piece in to say that, we're done. That we, that we do. Many memories of snowy days after Christmas. Well, we're just, we don't know what day it is and we're full of cheese. We decide to put together a puzzle. <laughs> well, I'm happy to say the company Puzzles of Color 
actually they have, oh, I don't know how many, but it looks like maybe hundreds of beautiful artwork that has been turned into puzzles that feature black people. And the favorite one that I have, as you well know, Courtney, I collect Black Santas. And the one that I bought this year that I have fallen in love with is of a family on Christmas morning. It's a Black family with dad dressed up with a Santa um, outfit on, and they're opening their gifts, and they're having such a great time. And I tried to wait until it got closer to Christmas to put it together, but I love a puzzle and I couldn't wait to see how this thing looked once it was all together and I am done. So puzzles of color, that's one of my choices and suggestions to you all. And you'll find the link in our show notes to that company. Um, my second recommendation for a gift is membership to the National African-American Museum of History and Culture. If you have not been to Washington, D.C. to see this gem of a, of a museum, you have missed a trip of a lifetime. And once you have gone, I guarantee you, you are going to want to support that particular institution. And so you should get yourself a membership to the National African American Museum of History and Culture, give it to yourself, and then give a gift to your friends. Speaking of the African-American Museum of History and Culture, I want to tell you about some books that I think are going to make great gifts this time of year. And one of them is called A Fool's Errand, and it's by Lonnie Bunch. Lonnie Bunch was the first uh, person, he was the actual first curator of the African-American Museum of History and Culture. And this book is his memoir that tells the story of how he created the museum and uh, all the, uh, I guess, ups and downs, ins and outs of uh, starting a museum from scratch. And it's an exciting story. It's an interesting story and definitely one that I would put on my list for folks as a gift to give and a gift to receive. Another book, since we did our episode on Banking While Black, uh, for those who want to know more, there's a book titled A Race for Profit, How Banks in the Real Estate Industry Undermine Black Home Ownership by Kianga Yamhada Taylor. And this book uncovers the ways in housing discrimination, uh, even though it was banned, it was actually and still does go on in covert ways. And then the last book I want to recommend that I would think would be a great gift for someone, especially somebody that enjoys sports. It's a book called Full Dissidence, Notes from an Uneven Playing Field. It's written by Howard Bryant. And this book highlights the ways in which the professional sports industry perpetuates the dangerous narratives and drives inequality. So those are just some recommendations from the gift list that I have. Oh, well, those all sound like some great gift ideas, Aunt Carol, but there are some recommendations that I have for our listeners as well. And I want to start out with Hanana Han Beauty. And I know so many people love to smell good and have soft skin and they don't want to be ashy. So if those are goals for you and those that you give gifts to, Hana Hana Beauty is a consciously clean skincare and wellness brand who has a 
mission to disrupt the uh, the global beauty industry. So a lot of beauty of the beauty industry leans towards the European centric idea of beauty, and around the world, people are still bleaching their skin to have a lighter skin tone. But Hananahan Beauty is breaking that mold. Their intention is to increase accessibility, transparency, and sustainability in all aspects of beauty and wellness products. They have body butters. They have body balms. They have exfoliants. And they also have holiday gift sets and gift cards. And their website will be in the show notes. So definitely check them out because I know Cyber Monday, they're going to have some sales. Now, the next place I have is dashofjazz.com. Now, this site I found is to cater to a very, very specific person in mind, and it's an aesthetic that the African-American community has upheld for years, and we have one of our own. It is the rich auntie or the bougie auntie aesthetic, and Aunt Carol, yes, that is you, and for my cousin Melanie, that is my mom. <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that. As a childless millennial, I thrive to be a part of the rich auntie aesthetic. And on this site, you can grab your favorite rich auntie. And she doesn't have to be rich. She can just have the vibe of the rich auntie. Because I'm not rich, but I carry that vibe with me everywhere I go. You can grab her a soft, a buttery soft rich auntie t-shirt a crisp embroidered sweatshirt. And if she's a tea or coffee drinker, you can bundle that with a very glossy, rich auntie mug. So for the rich auntie in your life or the aspiring rich auntie in your life, please go to dashofjazz.com. I know what I'm, I hope I'm getting something for Christmas off that list. Well, anyway, but I'm not a rich, I'm not rich, but I am an auntie. Now, something we also love care, uh, love talking about and covering on the podcast is the rich and consistently growing history and impact of historically Black colleges and universities, or HBCUs for short. So for those listeners that may have little kids who aren't college age yet, or even big kids who are in uh, going to HBCUs, you can inspire them with the HBCYOU dolls. Now, these dolls are designed to give children and some adults an aspirational role model to dream big and set big goals and work hard. Now, the founder of HBCU is Brooke Hart, who attended Howard University, and she partnered with the Black-owned toy company Purpose Toys to release a collection of these 18-inch dolls with natural hairstyles. They have interchangeable outfits, and they're representing different HBCUs. You've got a homecoming queen, a cheerleader, a drum major, a student, and they are available at Target. So you do not have to. They're on Amazon, of course, because everything's on Amazon. <laughs> but if you look in your local Target, the HBCYOU dolls are available in Target. So if you have someone in your life that you want to give a doll to, those would be the ones on my list. I love it. I have a friend whose daughter just went to Spelman this year. I may have to uh, send her a doll. 
Now, I also have some great books to recommend. Number one is Franchise, The Golden Arches in Black America by Marcia Chatelaine. Now, Chatelaine explores the surprising history of how fast food restaurants became so prevalent in Black neighborhoods. Remember the Calvin commercials where Calvin is working at McDonald's? Well, this book covers how those restaurants became so prevalent um, and the unexpected cooperation between fast food companies, civil rights leaders, and Black capitalists. So if you're interested in that, that's a book for you. The next book is Cutting School, The Segronomics of American Education by Noli Rooks. Now we talked about um, uh, experiences at PWIs and also uh, the students in Virginia that lost almost five years of schooling in a couple of our episodes. Now, in this book, Rook outlines the ways in which current solutions to educational equity, such as charter schools, which harkens back to our school choice episode, online classrooms, and vouchers actually feed school segregation and exacerbate inequality. And there is someone that I'm going to get this book for. <laughs> I just thought about it right now. It's a Christmas gift. (laughs) And the third book is Robert E. Lee and Me, A Southerner's Reckoning with the Myths of the Lost Cause by Ty Sedgwell. Now, Sedgwell deconstructs the truth about the Southern Confederacy by explaining that it is by explaining its undisputed primary goal was the subjugation and enslavement of Black Americans. Now, he directly challenges the idea of honoring those uh, who labored to preserve that system and that they committed treason in their failed attempt to achieve it. So if you have someone in your life that is all about that heritage, not hate line, or they are spewing bad stuff they learned from school, not of their own will, get them this book challenge them with this book they may not like you afterwards but they will definitely learn something now Courtney you've got quite a list there I love everything on your list and hopefully a few of those items will end up in our friends and families gift uh, giving options this year but I want to tell you the best gift is absolutely free And that's the gift of getting even more. Why are they so angry? How do you get it? Well, you're already getting it free on our our podcast, but you can get even more. You can join our private Why Are They So Angry learning community that's on Facebook. Now, it's easy. Just search on Facebook for Why Are They So Angry learning community, answer a few questions, and join the group. That community expands on some of the topics that we cover in the podcast with timely posts four days out of the week. We have surprise Facebook Live events, community polls, giveaways, and invitations to live Zoom sessions where community members can talk with each other and to us about books and films from our curated list. Now, in 2023, we're going to be devoting the entire year of our Zoom calls to a deep dive into the book, The 1619 Project, a new origin story that our listeners are not going to miss. So remember, it's all free, and it could be the best gift you give yourself. Join the Why Are They So Angry learning community on Facebook. It's free. Well, 
It's been a delightful season, Courtney, and I am looking forward to creating more content in 2023 that pulls back that curtain on systemic racism in America so listeners can use that knowledge to confront and dismantle it. Well, hold up. Let's not end the show, Aunt Carol, because it's time for the big award of the night, much like Best Picture, Album of the Year, Song of the Year. We here and those who have listened to the podcast know that I have an ongoing historical beef with President Rutherford B. Hayes. If I had a time machine between him and Emperor Leopold, I'm making two stops, but he's first. But since I don't have the technology, I cannot access a DeLorean with Doc Brown or Marty. I have to settle. I have to settle for the Rutherford B. Hayes Award, which was given birth after our President's Behaving Badly episode where he was, I didn't know how much I didn't like the person until I learned about (laughs) Rutherford B. Hayes. But I can't let him bear the weight alone. I cannot let him bear the weight alone. So this year, our winner for uh, the Rutherford B. Hayes Award is from our episode Reverse Freedom Riders uh, for the Reverse Freedom Rides. And that would be the White Citizens Council. And there were many of them. They were set up in states all across the South. They were established as pushback from the 1954 ruling of Brown versus the Board of Education, which desegregated schools. And this group was like, you know, the Chamber of Commerce or the Businessmen's KKK. And they were the force behind the reverse freedom rise, which many people didn't even know about, I didn't even know about. And their goal was to expose Northern hypocrisy by loading African-Americans on buses and sending them North. I don't want to tell most of the story because I don't, uh, I want you guys to listen to the episode. But the reason why I really chose this book is because they're leaving a legacy and a role model. And that model and legacy is being followed by governors like Ron DeSantis, who could have easily won this award, of Florida, and Greg Abbott of Texas, who have made it a policy to ship undocumented, unaware people from their states in Texas and Florida to so-called sanctuary cities in blue states in the same way the reverse freedom riders went to prove that these cities aren't as welcoming as they claim. And they're really doing um, these undocumented workers a disservice, people who are fleeing war-term countries, crime-torn countries that are really looking for a better, better life, they're using them as political pawns. So congratulations to the White Citizens Council and that episode on the reverse freedom rides and anyone who supports ideas like that. I hope you have the year you deserve. Wow. That, I, well, the White Citizens Council, <laughs> I, I think you you definitely picked a, I calling them a winner is kind of a stretch, but you picked the right group for the Rutherford B. Hayes Award this year. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. Well, you know, don't thank me. Thank the council. Because without yes. them, there would, well, without <laughs> Rutherford and the council, there'd be no award. No award. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, we bring the episode of this season to a close. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners, old and new people who have listened to old episodes, new episodes. If you shared an episode, if you shared a link, all of our friends on Facebook. Definitely, I want to send a shout out to the ladies who have stuck with us in our Zoom calls, who are consistent, 
thank you all so much again everyone in the group um we've connected in so many different ways with so many different books and information this year it's it's been a blast and we'd like to extend from our family and to your family whatever that may look like um, a happy holiday, whatever you celebrate, and the best new year to come. And as always, if you miss us while we're on holiday break, visit us at www.podpage.com slash why are they so angry? And we'll see you in 2023. That brings today's episode to a close. We hope you join us next time where we continue providing the answer to the question, why are they so angry? As always, we hope you learn something so you can see it, say it, and confront it.